0: This is the MIBTONLINE.com podcast featuring recordings from our weekly and monthly live streaming meetings. To see the videos discussed in the podcast and be part of the discussion, please consider joining our association at MIBTONLINE.com. Now, here's the show. Well, hello, Tim Keefe from MIBTONLINE.com. We're here Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central. That's what we're doing. We like to talk uh, things officiating here at uh, MIBTonline.com. We're trying to uh, this, do this meeting every Wednesday. Now, the crazy thing, it's, it is now uh, summer. So with it being summer, is anybody going to be inside? It's beautiful here in the Chicago area. It's probably beautiful where you're at. Everybody's been cooped up inside for a long time with the whole COVID thing. So who knows if people are going to be watching this live or not? hope so. But that's why we record it. We bring it. We make it available. That's a great thing about what our association is that if you're out and about enjoying the dinner with the spouse tonight or whoever, significant other, and you're not able to see it live, hey, you can watch it later on on demand. It's great, Netflix for officiating. But if you are here live, it's great to have you because we're going to have a great meeting tonight, and we love the interaction. So that's one of the great things that that we do here, which is it's just a, it's a lot of fun. So. I'm glad everyone's had a chance to, uh, to to join us last week. It was a little sketchy. Uh, let's just be honest. But maybe this week we're gonna pick it up a notch. Figured we'd throw in a little extra football, some more here at mibtonline.com. We got our full panel. We'll get to them in a in a moment. But let's uh, run through what we got tonight. So tonight on our June second meeting. We're going to talk some announcements like we do, penalty report, interesting stuff. Then we're going to get into the football stuff, open up the floor to you if you have any questions or anything that out there officiating-wise that we need to talk about. Football, basketball, baseball, lacrosse, soccer, do not matter. Let's get it out there. And uh, so here are our announcements. Our meeting schedule, like I said, we're doing these weekly meetings. If you get here, great. If you don't, they're on demand. Hopefully you are enjoying them and hopefully we're not just wasting our time. Uh, clinics are say Officials Conference, so if you're an Illinois official and you're a member of our association, member of uh, mibtownline.com, you're gonna get this great conference which starts, all the content will start July 12th and it'll run through July 31st. Then we're gonna do our football clinic on August 11th at 5.30 p.m. Central Time. So you don't wanna miss that. Every year it'll be our fourth annual M.I.B. Football Officiating Clinics. Lots of good stuff. So the penalty report, but before we get to the penalty report, I am looking forward to bringing in our panel today. It's uh, we're uh, we're very excited to have them. So let's uh, let's first start out. We'll bring in uh, Mr. Robert Yabara. Robert, how are you? And he's remote tonight. So, but he's man in the chat and he's looking at the uh, uh, the uh, text line. I'll throw up the text line here in a minute. But uh, Robert, how are you tonight? Oh wait wait I gotta I gotta unmute you, Robert. Robert, it was my fault. Go ahead. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great, Tim. Thank you for inviting me. June 2nd, 2021. Talk football. Those that are with us, welcome. Those that are watching on demand, I hope you enjoy the show.
0: Yep, uh, so do I. I do hope you are enjoying this because, like I said, it's going to be a lot of fun. And we uh, I know this man, he's always busy. He's always running around doing things, but we're lucky to have him with us tonight, so... We've got Mike Billica with us. Mike, how are you doing tonight?
2: Going great. I just got a call from the assigner that it's semi-pro football season again. And this year we're starting on time in June. So I'm putting together crews and getting out on the field for football and seeing some snaps uh, before the fall uh, high school season starts.
0: Well, that's always nice when you get the chance to do that, get a little extra work in. And of course, he's with us. He was with us last week. He's back with us this week. We appreciate his time. Uh, ESPN, uh, college football analyst, their number one analyst. Here he is, Bill Amanye. Bill, how are you doing today?
3: Doing well. I I just want to correct Mike on that. It's a misnomer to say it's semi-pro football. It's really semi-amateur football. (laughs) But it's great. It's a great place to learn game management and... and, uh, and control. So, um, so I, I've worked a bit of it myself over the years.
0: Well, of course, yeah, it's, it's that we're working on game management. Of course, that's what we are doing. It's, uh, it's, a, it can be a train wreck at times, but hey, hey, it's thick and it's a, it's a little nice to see football in June. I mean, I've worked my share of it and it can be a, it can be a, a, a zoo. You, you know, you can, I've heard stories of, and, I, and Bill, I know you've probably got stories of where, they're supposed to pay you cash and then at <laughs> halftime they haven't paid you and we're not coming out to officiate till we get the money. I mean, I've heard stories like that. I'm sure you have too. Oh yeah. Oh, so yeah. so it's pretty crazy. Absolutely. So, <laughs> all right. So penalty report, uh, we're going to jump to that here real quick. I did put the text line up there. So if you got any comments or questions right now, you can, uh, text us, and Robert is keeping an eye on that, and Robert will wave at me. Hopefully, I'll see him out of the corner of my eye that he has got something that's uh, coming across the line, but we want your input. We want your feedback. That's what we're here to do tonight. So we've got this penalty report thing, and this is something that I've been doing uh, for a while, and I just I wanted to bring some, some things up, some officiating news, stuff that's going on in officiating before we get to our football videos for the evening. So there was a, uh, the NBA playoffs are going on right now, and you know some people like the, the NBA, some people don't, uh, but there was an officiating issue that, that was brought up that uh, a player, Chris Paul, was in the media. Now, he didn't say, I guess he's gotten fined before for this, but he didn't say the official's name, the official's name is Scott Foster, that he's just 11 in a row, 11 in a row, and he really believes that Scott Foster, NBA referee Scott Foster, is out to get Chris Paul, and whenever He's in the game and Chris Paul is in the game, and they're together. Chris Paul, whatever team he's on, because he played for a couple different teams, they lose. So it was a very interesting topic because as officials, we see multiple teams no matter what we're doing. If we're doing high school, a lot of times we'll see the same high school teams, same high school coaches. We might have had something happen. We have to go back to a school or whatever. And college has happened. You know, it obviously happens in the pros. So I wanted to pose a question to the panel, and uh, I'll start out with Bill. On this one. Bill, you have worked a lot of uh, high-profile games in your career, a lot of different schools. You've, you know, you just, whatever, whether it be bowl games or in the Big Ten or wherever, Do you ever, did you ever feel like there was a team or a coach or a player, whatever it might be, that just thought that when you walked down the field they were doomed? Like for whatever reason, you're the reason they're going to have a bad game tonight. Have you ever had that in your car?
3: No, no question about it. And and unfortunately it was right here in the state of Illinois with the university of Illinois. It was, um, that was just the place that, you know, if I had them on the road, there were never any issues or anything, but it seemed like something unusual and crazy always happened uh, when we had Illinois at home. Uh, to the extent that uh, when my umpire and I, Rick Nelson, went to go see uh, Coach Turner before the game, uh, Coach Turner just looked at me and says, hey, you got any surprises? You let me in on today's surprise so I can get ready for it. And and, and he said it kind of being a smart aleck, you know, but, but, but at the same time, that was Turner and, and it was okay. And I just looked at him and I said, well, Coach, if I told you about it, it wouldn't be a surprise when it happened. So I can't tell you. So, but it was just, it was, that was just my dark hole. I mean, it was, it, it was going to happen. It was going to happen at Illinois at home.
0: Yeah. You know, it, it makes you wonder, it, you know, who, <laughs> what, what it was. It just was whether it was, and it, it's so funny how you said like, that's your home state. And now, I mean, that doesn't really mean anything in officiating. We're just there to no. officiate regardless of where we live, but that it just happened there, which is pretty nuts. So Mike, I'm going to ask you, you know it doesn't matter sports i know you do multiple sports have you ever had the issue where you believe like there is a a school or a coach or a player or anything like that 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 really feels like when they see you they get all a little you know weird inside
2: um well i i remember right before the pandemic i think 2019 i ended up having the same high school four weeks in a row i had them twice on the road and twice at home and uh, by the by the third time, they were disappointed to see me. Um, by the fourth time, they had, they, the coach was like, "I throw my hands up. I can't get rid of you now." Um, but you know, when you know, I, honestly, when you see the same school and you had something bad happen before, sometimes you just want to get right back there again. Sometimes you tell the assigner, "Don't ever send me back there." Um, it really depends on situation in the situation. And in Connecticut, there just aren't that many football teams um that they can send me to so I'm going to get back to some, certain teams eventually I'm going to see him as an away team you know um you just have to cope with it.
0: no I think so sometimes it because it's just the the nature of the business we're gonna we're gonna see him again and like what Bill was saying he had to see he had to see Illinois again you know they are in the Big Ten You're just on the schedule you're gonna see him and that's kind of part of it so I'm gonna jump over to Robert now. Robert. now, have you had this phenomenon happen to you or you believe like like and then I don't know if there's, there's people out there who have texted in or so you can uh, kind of comment on that as well. I'll throw the text number up there again. But uh, what's your thought on this?
1: Well, thank you. And, and like you invited the viewers, we do have viewers with us tonight. So, yes, chime in, text me and I'll share your views with everyone in your comments. Uh, as far as me personally, yes. I mean, having officiated 30 years now, you see the same teams and coaches over time. In certain uh, contests, you have experiences that uh, may be unfavorable, coincidentally, to a program. And and sometimes a crewmate will say, God, do you want to go back there? And and I kind of welcome it. Not that I want to shy away from any experience, but I think that type of uh, element to your officiating experience elevates your performance because you're conscious of of your past experiences, whether it be a coach or a program, and we shouldn't shy away from it because we truly are trying to do our best. So I always ask myself, am I bringing any baggage with me into this contest? And if I can, you know, with a clean soul say, no, I'm not. I'm coming in like a fresh opportunity, greet the coach as if it was the first time I met him, very pleasant, cordial. I think uh, in the long run, it, it truly helped me, and I advise anyone else to not shy away. and Hopefully, it'll you'll learn that it'll help you as well.
0: Yeah, I I try to think personally if I've ever had that issue, and you know, I I can't think of anything in the long term. I think maybe in a tournament or something like that. Maybe something happened. Now you got to go back and you know, like in a state tournament for basketball here in Illinois you get a whole, the whole regional. So even if a team won but there was something controversial that happened, now you got to go see them two nights later or whether it, may, it might even be like a holiday tournament or whatever it might be. I, I can't think, you know nothing's jumping out at me where like I just you know I don't want to walk in that building. Now obviously we have to work with coaches that are, are better uh, people persons or people people than others and we difficult coaches are always like oh, I don't want to see that guy. But I've luckily been able to work my way through most of the most, most of the difficult coaches. And I think at some point they just they like they like having at least the, the person they know. So um, I'm gonna give some give the viewers a chance to comment, we'll move on, but I wanna I wanna jump back to Bill real quick because I want Bill to comment on this. Bill, that's one of the things sometimes is that yeah, you made that that, that uh, analogy or that, that story with Ron Turner but there's probably a little bit that he was happy to see you because he at least knows what he's going to get that night. And I've found through the careers of some officials, they can be bad, but at least a a coach will be like, I know what I got tonight. I mean, have you ever heard like that type of mentality?
3: Yeah. I mean, and, and, and coach Turner and I actually got along fine. Uh, he, he had a beef or two on, on one game in particular. Uh, but, uh, overall, uh, he liked it that you looked him in the eye and gave him a straight answer and, and you moved on with life. Um, so, you know, that's, a, that, that's just kind of the tough thing. And in that era, Dave Perry was our coordinator and supervisor. Dave Perry kind of had a policy that if a coach called and said, I never want to see Lamania again, or I don't want to see this official again, he would, he'd tell him flat out, well, you know, check the roster because they're going to be back. He's going to be back there next week. Um, So he kind of had a thing with the coaches that just to say, hey, you don't even go down that road with me because if I think there's an issue or a problem, the guy wouldn't be officiating in the conference. Um, So he would not let them question the integrity thing. Uh, And he would send an official back. And that year that we had the the major mess up uh, in the game, uh, we went back there later in the season. And the guys on the crew were all kind of like, oh, man, we got to go back to Illinois this year. And I said, hey, we're going to go back there sometime or another. Let's go back now and get it over with, you know, move on with life. So it kind of goes along with the comment that was made earlier. But, but yeah, you got to face it, you know, it, um, you know uh, move on with life. And, and uh, you know, and hopefully nobody's out to get anybody. All, all I cared about was did Dave Perry agree with, you know, with the calls we made.
0: No, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you, you, you obviously well, – Yeah, as long as you're supervisor, as long as you're doing the calls, you're not going in. I hope that's the big thing is that whether going back to this NBA story, I don't, I would not think as a professional official that Scott Foster would be going in with it. Like, I'm going to go in after this guy. I mean, I really hope not. And now there is some human nature involved, I think, sometimes where when you walk into a building or walk onto a field. You remember something that might have happened, but hopefully you try to wipe that slate clean and just officiate the game as is. And that's that's the uh, the skill that we have to do. We always have to walk in every game, brand new, fresh, like it's nothing ever happened. So I'm going to, Robert, real quick. Did uh, we what what do we got, Robert? Tell me what we got.
1: We have we have a few comments, and I'm I'm really happy to share these. Um, One comment is from Brian out in Alaska. He's sharing that consistency is very important, whether you believe you're consistently good or consistently bad, but be consistent, right? Uh, relative to uh, both, or both teams. And, and that that's a great comment. Another comment is that, um, from another viewer is, boy, I've, I've actually wanted to go back and work, Robert, but uh, I wasn't given an opportunity to go back. Well, that could happen. Um, assigners may be getting a phone call or an email message from a, a team or a coach saying, we never want to see that crew or that official again, and the assigner wants to keep their position and they may just choose to send you somewhere else. And that may be out of your control. So uh, thank you for sharing that. Um, I do have, I'm gonna read another comment from a gentleman, uh, Daryl. He says, he had the same team in the first round of playoffs. Second year, he had them again, the first round of playoffs. We didn't have our best game. Home team was heavily favored and barely won. Second year, they were not happy to see us again. So. Yeah, that's, uh, again, that it, he's from Illinois, so the state assigns the crews. It uh, just so happened that he just drew the same team, unfortunately, two years in a row. But thank you, viewers, for sharing, Tim, and that's the reason why I chimed t- in for
0: you. No, and that that's good. I mean, I appreciate everybody who has, has chimed in. And, you know, it's interesting because to Bill's comment, yeah, Dave Perry, you know, he had that, juice in order to say to look at, you know, a team in the eye or coaching and say, you're getting who I tell you because I assign the officials, not you. But things change a little bit when you get down a little bit lower. When an assigner works for a conference, the conference may say, "Um, no, we don't want that crew or whatever. And then you're just kind of stuck as an assigner, as Robert was saying, it just, it's just the way it is in that situation. So we're going to move on now uh, to our, uh, our football stuff. so. Our first play that we're going to do, I'm going to go wide on it. This play is going to look familiar because we played this play a couple of weeks ago. It was this crazy snap that occurred, and we had a lot of discussion on it about, like, you know, what's this, what's that, block in the back, holds, what can they do, what, they, what, what can't they do. Well, we, we didn't leave it as clear as, as I would have liked it to be. So I wanted to to clear it up real quick in regards to what's legal and what's not. So there's some question, you know, can it, can you hold at all? Well, if you were I mean if you weren't off fine, I don't think we would have had a hold there. I know we talked about this in depth, but it is out of the rule book we did find it. I couldn't find it for a while, but it was uh, and and actually Dave Bender helped us look for the, this one too. But 935 it talks about a player shall not block an opponent in the back except, so it's a big except, using hands or arms to contact an opponent above the waist in warding off the blocker or when, when attempting to reach a runner or catch or recover a loose ball which he may legally touch or possess. So it doesn't say, I mean, it just says when going to catch or recover. It doesn't say anything about a bona fide effort. It doesn't say, you know, it's, it's just the judgment of the officials if they're going for the ball. And that's legal. They can, they can do all that crazy stuff. Now the whole thing is where it gets a little interesting. It's like, I, I think you're going to want it to be blatant uh, on a play like this on a melee. Um, but I wanted to make sure it was really clear on the block in the back thing because I, I couldn't get the rule right off the bat, but I wanted it to, to swing around back to that. So everybody is clear. And uh, before you move on, I am just going to throw it real, real uh, back to Robert real quick. Robert, You know, we had that exchange with Dave uh, on email later, but you know, I mean, we, I wanted to be very clear on this and I I just want to make sure that everybody is clear. And as far as you, as far as you're concerned, do you think we cleared this one up? We we can move on from this.
1: Yeah, thank you, Tim. I think it's very professional for you to come back, circle to it. If anyone has any questions, please chime in on the text or in the chat box. We'll love uh, to hear from you, but thank you, Tim. And uh, let's move forward.
0: Alright, so we're gonna move forward to our plays for for this week or a couple plays that I would like to talk about. Just uh some good ones here. So let's uh let me pull up the, the first play here. We'll get it we'll get it ready to go. All right, so once again I wanna thank this courtesy of my, my my new friends in San Diego. So this is uh this is some uh so everyone's a lot of times people wanna know where the videos are from. Where's that from? Where's that from? Well this one is uh these are from San Diego, so we're gonna go wide on the on the on the play here. So we've got this. Uh, just I always like to walk through and let's let like our formations because we should always take our time and look at the formations to see who's got what. Now this is a uh, a five-person game, so or five. It's officiated by five officials, so we know where we're gonna go. Where or like what we're gonna walk through our process of you know, what do we have and who's got what on our keys and priorities, because it's very difficult to decide who we're gonna see or if we're gonna be able to see something if we don't know that to start off the bat. So going back on it, so we've got a, what appears to be a legal formation. I mean, this tackle right here might might be back a little bit, but we're gonna just for argument's sake say he's on line because we're not looking down the line. So it looks like we got we, we have one player on the line here. We've got one player on the line here. So that that's our receivers our, our ends on the line of scrimmage. So that, that, helps us out there. We've got what's to be a slot here and then a wide out who's in the backfield three and four. So we've got our four, um, our four players who are in the backfield. We have 11 in the game. So we know we have a legal formation, which is, which is good. Now there's some question, like we always talk about, here's the tackle and is this guy really in no man's land, or not I, you know I, I i do want to address this because it's it's one of those where we're once again we're not looking down the line but how much do we really want to you know split the hair on this and I, i'm going to throw this throw this over to mike because i know he does work line of scrimmage from time to time mike how much do we want to split the hair on that? i mean the rule is a rule and no man's land is really not supposed to happen in in, in high school you're either on or you're off I mean, I like the blade of grass. If I can tell there's some space, I don't want to necessarily go fishing for this. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I agree. Early in my career, I was a little too officious on this, um, a little too technical on this um, because we had a lot of double wing teams where the wing wasn't really quite a wing. Um, But if we're not deceiving the defense, they all know that those three guys on the right are eligible receivers um, because, like you said, there's a clear stagger. Um, no, I'm not looking to throw a flag here. A lot of times the tackle will be back as far as he possibly can. and if the tackle is legally on the line,'m I'm not I'm not looking for that inside slot guide necessarily be fully behind him. No
0: no and I, and, and I do I agree I agree with that. So let's go back to the play. So now we know you know we got trips to the bottom so we're gonna, we're gonna call this our, we're gonna call this our line judge here. hopefully it'll draw. We're having some issues here. All right, how about this? Let's try to erase all. All right, we're gonna call that our line judge. I don't know if they flip flop or not. I don't think they do. So we'll call that our line judge. So knowing that our back judge is out here, you know, out out behind off screen, we're gonna walk through our our keys and priorities on this one. So we've got, and and a lot of times, this is one of those where you can say it, it, it just depends on you know, what, what you want to do. You know, sometimes they want to, some, you know, some uh, states want to do it a little differently. They want, you know, the college is actually changing the way they do it a little bit now in regards to who's got who. So I understand it's college, we don't necessarily want to get into that, but just whatever you do, and we've talked about this before, make sure everybody's on the same page, just so that we know what we're looking at, because this is important. So going back to it, so basically we know that our back judge He's either got, you know, the end here or he's got the two inside. We know that for sure because there's three receivers over here. We know that our, our line judge has either got this one or he's got the inside, depending on what happens. We know that. We know that that's where that official is going to be. And we also know that our official is going to uh, up at the top, will have this receiver. However, really nobody's threatened. Maybe this combination, maybe. So we're going to probably go to zone right away. But once again, our umpire here and our referee who's off screen needs to know that, hey, we got some responsibility on the line because we might not get help from our wings, especially if we got trips. So I want you to focus in on this area right here. Okay. That's where we're going to look at on this play because it's going to fall right into our referee and umpire's uh, keys and responsibilities. So here goes the play. Clear pass blocking. And now we, I don't know if you saw that. I'm going to go back here real quick again. So you've got up here, we're looking right up here, like the uh, the guard and the, the left guard and the, and the center. Watch what they do. They're going to go into a pass blocking technique. This player is going to do looks like he might be going low and then 75 falls over the top of it. So I do have the end zone shot. Let me bring that up here real quick. I'll bring uh, bring that end zone shot because that'll show us some stuff too. So let me bring it up. Give me one second. We'll show this here. All right. Here comes the end zone shot. Let me go back to this. All right. So there it is. I'm going to draw on it just so you see it again. Number 58. Number 75. Here it is. Pass blocking technique, 58 goes maybe at the maybe gets them, eh, you know, at the waist or is that at it or below it, and then 75 kind of comes over over the top here. Now, keys and priorities, you know, our umpire is right here and our referee is right here. So they've split this. So somebody's got to be watching this, whether this whole uh, action, whether it's our umpire who's watching this side and our referee is watching this side we just have to see this engage, these engagements because we we do have the possibility of having having an issue here with that. So, I'm going to throw it over uh I'm going to throw it over to Bill here real quick. Bill, you see a play like this, you know, kind of at the waist, below the waist. I mean, we talk about, you know, blocking and stuff. What do you think what do you think you're going to rule if you're the referee? And now, obviously, that might have been the umpire, but let's say you were on the other side, the referee. You see this action from the referee position. What do you think you're going to do about it? Well, it's got earmarks of two things. One is
3: is that block below the waist by the left guard is it happening right now at the snap uh, by federation rules. Um, I don't think so, because uh, he's taken a step or two backwards. Now, the second part to it is, if it is low, you got a chop block. So
0: it's a safety situation that I would like to see a flag on. Okay, so you want to see a flag. I'm going to go back to it real quick. I went back to the side shot. Bill's point is is accurate. High school, they're, they're in pass blocking. So right now, nobody, because the ball's out of the zone, shotgun, it, it leaves the zone immediately. So now... The, by most states' adoption, you, and, and the federation is going to clarify that this year as well, waiting for the actual clarification to come out. Um, you can go low right at the snap, right when the, immediately, but this is not immediate. We have a snap back, but the question then becomes on the side shot, you kind of lose it here for a second, you know, 75 coming over the top, is that just, is, is, the, is the contact already done? Is he already on the ground? Is the, the, does that constitute a chop block? That's, you know, that's one of the, one of the questions you, you have to ask after because we, if, if you have that first block at the waist, then can you really have a chop block if the second block is either late or, or whatever? So I'm going to go back to the end zone shot feed here real quick. Here's where your judgment comes in. And Bill said, you know, you, you want, he would go with this as a safety foul. It's right here. Does 56 Block below the waist. So I'm going to ask Robert on this one now and get his opinion. Robert, does, looking at it from this view, would you, do you have enough on the guard to say he's below the waist or are you going like, are you going to give him the benefit of the doubt, say maybe the contact started at or above and slid down? What do you think?
1: I'm, I'm going to respond for the viewers first and then I'll share my point. But I'm so happy the viewers are chimed in and they all have a foul. They all have a foul Uh, for a chop block because they believe that the block was below the waist by the guard, 58, and then the center made contact on top while there was still contact on low. So we have a unanimous chop block by all viewers. Now, what's my viewpoint on this is, and and someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought the umpire, at least Dennis Doyle, a great friend of ours, always said as an umpire, he focused in on the guard center guard, and, uh, and, and therefore, he, he keyed on that, especially at the snap. Here, we do have a pass protection with, with a couple steps backward, but I would assume the umpire would be the primary official to really get on this. And again, correct me if I'm mistaken on that, Tim.
0: No, actually, on this one, you are correct, going back to the play, because based off of, here, I'm going to go to our draw function just so we can draw it a little bit better. Um, based off of this, yeah, our umpire, you know, what they utilize in San Diego is the, um, they're starting to do new, the new zone coverages because that's why they split the umpire and the, and the uh, referee. They want them to be staggered because looking at the play, the thought process is, is that obviously the referee is going to have to keep an eye on the quarterback, but the thought is, is that if the referee is over here, the referee can focus in here because it's right in his field of view. Now, the same goes in with the umpires that the umpire can come right here because it's right in his field of view. And he always, umpires usually always have the center regardless because, you know, that's just, you know, that's where they're going. So, yeah, on this play, exactly as you said, Robert, this is our umpire's bread and butter the whole way because he's looking right at it. But what happens is you've got a linebacker who comes here and now does his view get obstructed? So then my, my next question is, is that okay, so his view might be obstructed right there. He doesn't see the initial, the contact. Now he should see it now, but maybe he lo- he lost it for a second. But my, other, but my referee, if you look at our, the head of our referee, he's not looking over here, he's not looking over here. So my thought is, is that yeah, absolutely. Umpire all the way, this is number one but my referee doesn't really have a lot going on to his right. So can he peak, especially since the quarterback's right here and it's right in his frame of view? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to Mike on that one and see what, what Mike has to think. You know, Mike, I think Robert is 100% correct that we want our, our umpires to catch this because it's right. I mean, it's his side. He sees it, but mm-hmm. do you, can our referee help on this, especially being a safety foul, and they don't really have much going on?
2: Absolutely, Um, I've certainly flagged chop blocks on guard and center before, Um, especially when the rusher is coming through and is about to threaten the quarterback, uh, my attention is gonna go there. Um, And you pointed out very smartly that the uh, right tackle there is kind of in space. Um, There's really not a foul that's developing on the right side at the moment. This this foul happens pretty early in the pass rush. And uh, I'm gonna be looking for threats to the quarterback and looking at those blocks that uh, provide protection against that threat. And uh, so my attention as a referee, I think me and the umpire should both be primary on that on that foul right there.
0: Yeah, and going back to it, there's an engagement here and then there's this engagement here. Like we said earlier, and like you alluded to as well, Mike, there really isn't an engagement here. So if I'm a referee, I'm peeking, but then I might want to help because I got two engagements. We officiate you know, when we want to officiate, we you know want to we don't want to officiate air. We want to officiate engagements, and we want to let the action take us to those engagements. So, Bill, you know, going through this and seeing it and talking it through, I mean, would you have uh, any advice on, on how maybe we, we pick this up next time as a crew or as a pair of umpire or, or or referee? And and do you agree that maybe the referee could have gotten a peek at this? I like that staggered. Uh
3: mechanic that they're using out there to have the umpire to one side, referee to the other. I think that does give you a better opportunity there. Um, can the referee help on that? Yeah. If it opens up right in his field division. And in this case, because the quarterback was in, in the passing posture, it wasn't like he uh, was still dropping back. It wasn't like he was sprinting out to the left or the right. He was right there behind the center and in, in the pocket so the referee's look there could take him right to that block uh and and again whether you get it just for the low block or whether you get it for the chop block it's really immaterial uh you got to get got to get it for one of the two if not both so um you know and it kind of goes to the thing about this is the part of the game of football that we have to be really proficient at you know you want to be the official who you got the best track record in the world for calling illegal formations, you know, or an ineligible downfield, because uh, he, you know, he covered the number eighty. Um, or do you want to be the be the uh, official that, that's out there for player safety and for the betterment of the game to be the guardian of the game? So uh, this is this is a play we have to to have to be on top of.
0: Well, no, and that is a great point about you know safety files and how important they are. And that this is a foul. Whether you want to just call this a block below the waist based off the high school block below the waist rule, block below the waist, whether you want to say that the that it's not a chop block because the center got there late and really landed on top of a player that was already on the ground and it really did not affect the safety in the in the regards of the chop, or you didn't feel like it felt it meant or it, it fell into the definition of a chop block, okay, but you still got to follow the other one. So whether you come up with with the chop, or you come up with a block below the waist, and most of the people don't understand the difference, anyways, when he would mm-hmm. give the signal. They're like, oh, that's a when you give them the chop block, they're like, oh, that's a block yeah. below the waist. Or if you get the block below right. the waist, they're like, oh, that was a that was a cut. That was a chop, that was a good one. That was a cut block. That's always a always a fun one. But uh, we're gonna finish this up with Mr. Robert Yabara, because Robert's got his hand raised, so that means he's got comments from our viewers. Robert, what do you got?
1: We got a lot of engagement on this play. So thank you, Tim, for showcasing it. One thing Brian didn't mention from Alaska that I thought his vocabulary was very important, and it was mentioned earlier, but it needs to be underlined, and that is the block was low and it was not immediate. Um, and that's how we explain it to the coach when they want an explanation on that because, you know, sometimes coaches say, well, shoot, that's, that's what we've been coaching. That's how we teach our players. Well, unfortunately, it's illegal. Uh, but it was, it was low, the block was low in your judgment and it was not immediate that's kind of the vocabulary that Brian wanted to, us to underscore um, another viewer comment that they love the uh, you know the the shared responsibility by boxing in uh you know the line of scrimmage in the in, in the in the action that's occurring with the umpire and the referee and they learned from that so thank you Tim we have
0: some great takeaways from that video all right we got some great takeaways I'm, I appreciate all the viewers once again so let's uh Let's move on to our, our next play here. We'll get it. We'll get it going here. Another uh, another fun one. I, I I love these crazy plays. You know they. I because mean, <laughs> you know it's, you, you don't want them to happen to you. You want them to. You, you want it to be over there, as they say. You don't want it to be here. You want it to be over there. All right. So let's go wide on this play. So we've got what looks to be a scrimmage kick formation. Okay. They're they're getting ready to punt this ball away. Fourth down. And it looks like a mile, fourth down and a mile, backs against the, the goal, but not he's he's not in the end zone. he's at the five. So first things first on a play like this. if you you know we have different mechanics based off of you know different states and where the umpire or I'm sorry, where does the referee line up? who flows down field? when do they flow downfield in fact. I believe in San Diego or maybe Orange County, one of them out there, they actually send the line judge down before the ball is even snapped. Um, they just have him go down and get into position. I, I don't know if I agree with that. I think we can you can roam down as soon as the ball is snapped. But I know when I see a, a play like this where that goal line is, is close to threaten, I might tell my back judge as if I'm the line judge and I'm flowing on this one, I may say I'm going to hold for an extra second, make sure the snap is clean. Reason why is because you'll see in a second. But before we get to that, I want to jump to Robert real quick. Robert, you know, working back judge, have you ever had that conversation with ever whichever wing is gonna flow down? Sometimes we flip flop that too. Like, hey, when we're inside game situation, I might hold just for an extra second to make sure the snap is clean.
1: Ab- absolutely, absolutely. Why what's the most important line in the game of football? The goal line. So yes, we have that conversation. We remind ourselves with the radios, the old two O's, hey. Uh, quick communication, knowing that, hey, listen, normally I can really favor on the linesman's sideline, but knowing that my uh, other wing is going to hold longer, that, know, that opens me up as a back just to recognize, hey, listen, i got to be on my horse and cover the opposite sideline if we have a shank to that, to that end of the field.
0: Yep, so that's good to know. All right, back to the play, but I just want to walk through all these little inner, inner secrecies about what we're going through so that way we're in the right mindset. All right, so here's the play. So bad snap. So now, bad snap, if you were a line judge or headlinesman who just started to flow, you're you're hitting the brakes right now because a lot of crazy stuff can happen. So at this point, and I'm going to throw it over to Mike because, like I said, Mike works the line of scrimmage uh, from time to time. At this point, what are we thinking? What are things that can happen? And umpires too, referees, they're kind of, on this play, they're going to kind of stick with what's going on with the ball. But... What can happen? There's a lot of things that now our antennas have to go up. And, Mike, what are some of the things now that we've got this crazy play, we have a scrimmage kick possibility, what can happen?
2: We could have the goal line threatened, which is very important. We could end up with a forward pass. Um, you know, we could, So we could have linemen downfield. Um, the referee is probably going to struggle to uh, to cover the both pylons, for example. So one of the wing officials, mechanically, in pregame, we always talk about this if the goal lines threatened, that um, the wing that's on the line of scrimmage is going to give that line of scrimmage up in this case and go help on the pylon. Um, and the umpire is going to step up and cover the line of scrimmage or the line judge is going to come back. You know, we, we, we try to scheme it out and talk with each other as a crew and determine every single game I talk about this because... I mean, this could be a play that decides to gain. There are just so many things that can happen.
0: Absolutely. So that's, that's definitely what we want to be thinking about. All those things that could happen, we want to be on top of because mm-hmm. that's our brains are going boom, boom, boom. So that way, if they do, we're already ahead of it. And so you always should be thinking that on a scrimmage kick. What, what if I got a bad snap? What happened? I got a goal line. I got this. I got, in, you know, I got numbering exceptions. What, what are my numbers? Who's eligible? Who's not? So that way, when you got a fire drill like this, you know that, okay, these are the players that can go out. These are players that must stay because number exceptions are, do apply. A lot of things going on. As I say, that's why they pay us a big buck. So back to the play now. So we got this. We know what the possibilities that can happen, but let's see what actually does happen. So now the quarterback is just run, Johnny, run here. And then the ball comes loose, and then we've got a scram, and we've got a referee going up with a touchdown. I want to back it up here real quick because I want to get everybody's opinion. I'm going to run around the panel and I'm going to throw up the text line because I want everybody's opinion as to what they would have. If you're the referee, what do you have here? And your options are, you've got a safety, that's possible. You've got a a touchdown, right? That's possible. Or, you know, what else do we have? Joint possession? We don't really see that, but that's also a possibility as well. So we've got all these possibilities here, and I'm going to start out with Mr. Bill Emanue. Bill, you see all this stuff going on. You see this play. You're the referee. Do you have a forward progress stop with a safety? Do you have a fumble? Do you, do you have a touchdown if it's recovered by the, uh, by the defense? How are you going on this? Hey, I, I'd like to see it again from the standpoint that it looked like that arm
3: came out with an intent to flip it forward.
0: Okay, so there you go. That, There's another option. If, All right, let's look at that. If, if that happened, you have an incomplete forward
3: pass, and it's probably intentional grounding at that point. So, you know, you are you got a dead ball, and you're going to have a uh, safety resulting from the penalty
0: enforcement. All right, we're looking right there. Okay, that, that that's fair. That's a fair assessment. Does he flip it forward? Is this an incomplete pass with an intentional grounding in the end zone? So, so okay, Bill, that's what you you saw it. You, I mean, is what do you got? I mean, you, is that enough? Is you, I mean, I know it's we can only see what we can see, and you have to go with the film. But how do you think you're going to go with this?
3: I've got a pass, uh, so I'm going to have a flag down for intentional grounding. I don't think that one receiver is in the uh, area. Plus, I'm not sure where he started from, so I don't know if he was a he was an eligible or a, or a, uh, a numbering exception or whatever. So, um, no, I've I've got uh, I've got grounding safety and okay. the ball's dead.
0: All right, no, that's that's what you got. And you know what? That's important because we're talking the difference between two points and six points, and that can be a big big deal. I'm going to go to Mike now, Mike. Um, you know, Mr. LeMagne, he kind of opened the door there a little bit. I, he kind of took my fun. I was seeing everybody. But anyway, um, uh, do we, without, without Mr. LeMagne's opinion, did you have that as well? Or did you see that? Or were you going to go to something else?
2: Yeah. No, no definitely. And I, I think that's exactly why um, the referee shouldn't be left alone on the island to consider every aspect of this play, which is what the crew did. Um, the crew kind of left the referee on his own. Um, I think there was a lack of awareness of the situation, but yeah, we need to know where that quarterback is when he flips the ball forward. Um, because a lot of times philosophy is to try to put him in the field of play, if at all possible. Um, you know, sometimes the defense may prefer it to be in the field of play. This is fourth down. What's going to happen. They're going to get a loss of down. They're going to get the ball there and a chance to punch it in and get six points on the next play. Um,
0: yeah, there, so. there are a lot of implications whether which way we yeah. go on this. Touchdown, six mm-hmm. points. Like you said, you're throwing... I mean, it's clear, I think, on this one that the, that the pass was in the... or the attempted pass was in the end zone. So we've got to go safety. But, but you're right. These are all things that we have to be aware of. So I'm going to throw it over to Robert now and get his opinion. But I know he's got people out there who have been talking. They I, I, And Robert... Probably people texted something different then they changed their answer. And once they hear Mr. Bill talk, they're like, oh, no, we got to go that way. What did, what did it look like?
1: Gosh, I wish you guys could see the uh, the text messages coming in. I had uh, one viewer type in, intentional grounding, what? <laughs> so, so this is great. Great discussion. Uh, I'm going to tip my hat, though, to Brian in Alaska again. This He's, he's making some real uh, spot-on comments here. He noticed that the referee gave a pretty quick mechanic is signaling a touchdown uh, when the referee had an opportunity to let the play digest mm-hmm. you know and, and sit on it for, for momentarily, so he knew exactly what judgment, he was enforcing here to to bills point that element of the arm going forward with the ball coming loose that's considered a forward pass. That is intentional grounding if you don't have an eligible receiver in the area. Or do you have an eligible receiver in the area is another viewer's question. You know, so that was another element because there is a player there. Was the quarterback at least aware? I would have to see the replay to to, to know for sure. But that's something as as officials, unfortunately, you know, we we don't have to make a split decision. We can digest it. Um, Can we have a late flag for intentional grounding? I say, yes, you can. You can. Can you get help with the crewmate? Absolutely. You know, we don't need to be on an our island ourselves and making these big decisions. But, you know, a lot of uh, implications related to scoring is at play. Uh, you know, a safety, two points, yes. Not six, two points, yes. However, they're going to get the ball back because the, the team's going to have to kick it back to them so they get two points and the ball. So, hey, listen, uh, those are my my thoughts. Those are the viewer's thoughts. So let's just chew on that for a little bit.
0: All right. Well, let's chew on it. You know what? We're going to go back to the play cause we're going to start at the beginning now. Now that everybody's got their, we're going to, we're going to walk through this. All right. So eligible receivers, looks like we got an end an end, right? Well, we can't have, they've got to be on, on the end of the line of scrimmage, right? So we, cause of, we've got three here in the backfield plus four. So we have to have those as ends. So I'm assuming since they are ends, they are eligible. So we've got one, two, three. They're, they are eligible as well. So now we know who our eligibles are. So let's walk through slowly and see what happens. So we got our two, guy, our two gunners going out and we've got our, uh, our, our deep back, our up backs, whatever, blocking. So now we know we've got these two. These were our blocking backs. So we know that those, technically, they're eligible receivers. So now we're, we're going to keep our eyes on them as he retreats. So now if you've got this flipping forward right here, this is an eligible receiver. So if you're going to rule that a pass, you do have the option of saying that this is an incomplete pass without intentional grounding. If you truly believe that the quarterback was throwing the ball to an eligible receiver in the area. I mean that that's, you could go that route and then what happens, we're going to have an incomplete pass. Fourth down, it goes back to the, gets, the defense gets the ball, first and 10 at 20 going in. So, But if you don't, if you just have it as a pass, then, yeah, it's, it's truly, it is in the end zone. You can't put, pull this one out. If you're going to call intentional grounding, you're not going to say that that pass was, was being thrown to, the, uh, to that up back who was eligible. Then, yeah, you have to go intentional grounding in the end zone if you don't have any of that. If you have this as a muff or a fumble, it can't be a muff, but it's, if it's a fumble, true fumble, you know, then you got a bag and you got a recovery. And if you got the defense recovering, then you've got a touchdown. The one thing I will say on this though, is that our referee is right there. So if our referee is looking right at this, and you know, all respects to everybody's opinion, including Bill's, that he's got this as a a forward pass it it does look like that but we are looking at it from all this far away and he's looking at it from right there so sometimes closer isn't always better maybe you need to stay wide on this in order to get a better view of it and maybe he's going to go in an incomplete pass so the last i want to go around one last time because now that we walked it through step by step and i'm going to I'm going to end with Bill because Bill gave his first, one, first opinion. I'm going to start with Mike on this one now. Mike, you now we, we outlined where everybody was. Do you have a receiver in the area now?
2: Um, no, I don't believe so. I think this pass was thrown intentionally incomplete. Okay,
0: I, I, I'm
2: good with that. <laughs> I,
0: I am absolutely good with that because we do have to rule intent a little bit sometimes. In in regards to this, so I'm going to go to Robert. Robert, uh, what are the viewers saying? I mean, now is everybody's kind of you know like you said that one guy said uh, intentional grounding. Where the heck? I mean, is anybody we switched some, their opinion?
1: We have some honest viewers. We have viewers that are admitting uh, that they're changing their mind, and they're still changing their mind, Tim. You know, they're they're a little bit delayed on on the feed, so. I'm getting more messages in about how they're changing their mind. And that's that. That's that's just part of officiating. You know, unfortunately, you, we have to make judges with conviction. Um, but that's where we sit with, relative to the viewers.
0: No, that's fine. I mean, changing your mind, you, that's why we're talking about this. It's June 2nd. And it's like, okay, great. Guess what? If this happens to you in, on August or in September 2nd, you're going to be like, I remember that meeting on June 2nd when we talked about this and you're going to be able to process it and you're going to be able to come up with probably the 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 right answer hopefully so Bill back to you um do you have that back in the area enough to where you're just going to go incomplete 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 you know if if there wasn't
3: a defender on the other side of him I I I might give him the benefit of the doubt um I I have that as grounding he's just flipping that ball out uh, to get rid of it uh, he's not he has no idea where any receiver is. Um, the one thing I'll say about it is if you do rule that the receivers in the area make the announcement, there's no grounding number set and such was in the area. Um, it's probably the probably the least of the evils on the thing that you take the ball back to the previous spot. And it's first down for Team B. Um, you know, in one breath, it's still great field position. However, if you know the call, you make the call. You know, Uh, use when in doubt. When you have doubt, don't don't do it because you want to get off the hook on something. But I I still have grounding on this.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I I, I'm with you. I got I got grounding on that. So, um, and like I said, I'll give the benefit of the doubt of the referee. So, is that
3: what you were setting us up
0: for this? Because you didn't include that in your uh, options at the beginning. I wanted to see Uh what everybody sees, man. You know, that's what Uh we do here. This is a and and Set it's, it's a well, setup. Well, I mean, it wasn't a, a complete setup, but it's like I was just trying to throw as many things out there as possible. I might have accidentally, on purpose, left out intentional grounding, but that's okay. Um, I'm glad we're 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 on the uh, we're on the ball, as they say. All right, so we're at the end here. Uh, two plays, but hell, and we it was a lot of fun. We talked a lot about some stuff that's uh, important to officiating. So now it's time for questions. The, uh, if you have any questions or anything out there, like free for all, you know we got a few minutes here. If you want something that we haven't covered, or maybe you got a question from previous meetings, now you've got, you've got us. You've got us right here. This is the time. So I see Robert's already got his hand in the air. So I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get to Robert in a second. But I want the feed to catch up so that way we can, uh, we can get those comments or questions here. We got a few minutes. Looking forward to that. All right, Robert. Robert, you got it. You, The floor is yours, Robert.
1: <laughs> well, I wanted to bring bring closure to that other play because it, it is a bona fide question. The question is this, Tim, if you can answer it. What is the number of those up backs blocking in that last play?
0: It was 15 and 17, I think.
1: Okay, okay, there. That, that, answer, that was the first question of the night because obviously, you know, sometimes the teams use uh, – big men and or big players were 50 to 79 feet back there, which they would not be eligible by number, but they, would no,
0: that's eligible. a great point, but they weren't, they, they were like 15 and so, they were eligible numbers. I did remember seeing that. I, I'm not gonna pull back up, but I do. They, that's a great point though, because if it was a 50 something, then it wouldn't matter. We still have intentional grounding, but that's a great point. So any other uh, questions, or just comments or anything that people want us to jump into kind of this free for all right now, we'll give it a minute or two for people to catch up before we, uh, we we turn off the the stream for the night. What do you anything Robert coming in?
1: Not not as of yet, Tim.
0: I'll let okay. you go, I'll
1: raise my hand if I see one.
0: All right, cool. So so all right. So we'll just finish up here, maybe we'll jump back. So we're going to have a meeting again next week, hopefully. Why I say hopefully, uh, I got some scheduling issues. I see Robert. Robert, we got a hand up. Okay, what do you got, Robert?
1: We have a we have a question from a viewer. What percentage of officials opted out for the spring and based on that experience what
0: is anticipated for the upcoming fall? Will there be a percentage of officials that will opt out as well? That's a great question. We don't have actually any official stats on on the fall, but I will tell you it was roughly in the Illinois area, and I think NASO's numbers were right about the same, 30 to 40 percent of the officials opted out for whatever sport they were doing for that season for COVID. Now, Based off of just some of the preliminary numbers, and, and maybe Robert, you have some information too. I believe we're only gonna we're we're, we're only gonna get about 20 or 30 percent of those people back. I truly believe 10 percent of the officials aren't coming back. They lo- They they said, "Hey, it's fall. I didn't miss it. I got to go more, do more fishing. I got to do more this. I do. do and I was already kind of on the fence, anyways." I'm done with this. Robert, I'm sure you've heard some of the same things. That's what I'm hearing. We're probably only gonna get, we're gonna lose about 10 to 15% permanently.
1: Yeah, this is a very important topic relative to our vocation. And um, like Tim, I'm gonna echo Tim, we recognize about a 30% reduction in staff in our area in, in the state of Illinois this past spring. As an outcome from that, those 70% that were still willing to officiate, not all of them were able to do it by all six weeks in our shortened season here. Why? Because unfortunately they became um, in contact with someone COVID or they got the vaccine shot, which took them out of good sense of health. So they they opted to stay out Whoa. of uh, officiating. Um, is that you Tim or me? But so, so we had officials who were still willing to officiate the 70% that were still willing but not all of those 70% were still working. So just to take that portion of it, now we springboard from the end of the spring season and we look at, let's look at the teams and the coaches themselves. How many coaching changes that we're seeing in Illinois is amazing. There's an, a gentleman by the name of Edgy Tim who does a nice uh, updated list of schools that are, uh, have vacancies in their head coaching football varsity position and it is really alarming. I just heard another one today from DeKalb, Illinois. Uh, the coach resigned earlier this afternoon. So this this situation has impacted our vocation and, uh, and and even the teams themselves. And then now looking forward to the to the fall. Quite simply, like Tim had mentioned, we should not expect a full 100% return. We are going to receive something something less than that. And I am agreeing with Tim there probably gonna be closer at full throttle at best 90% and that's truly at
0: best. Yeah, that's truly where we're at unfortunately. but uh, any other any other last questions in Robert here before we uh, call it a night? I do not have any more questions. all Steve. right for Well, well let, then that's good. So let's I really appreciate everybody joining us. I'll, I'll jo- throw it over to Mike uh, Billica, Mike, thanks for joining us. really appreciate uh, you jumping on. Thank you so much
2: it's it's great to be here i just point out that we lost 50% of our officials um with 30% just retiring um as a result of covid and another 20 we only had 85 now we've got 37 active officials um so we we had a tremendous loss um and uh rebuilding is going to take a long time
0: no i agree and just some of the stuff i said people realize that hey i don't they were on the fence anyways and now they they don't want to come back, which is just kind of sucks. But, uh, anyways, want to uh, thank Bill, Bill Lamagne. Thanks for being here, Bill. Really appreciate your time. Yeah, and just a clarification for the viewers: Tim
3: does not give us these plays to look at ahead of time, so we have to do we have to take and, <laughs> and use our judgment on these things uh, as we see them. So we don't get that opportunity there, and it, and I, I want it to stay that way. So uh, that way, we have to uh, to really stay on top of it and use our brains.
0: No, and I'm not trying. I never try to put anybody on the spot, but it's nice to do that because then it does show holes maybe in our own personal game, like our biases, sure. what we're what we're kind of trained to look for, and maybe what we're not looking for. So, yeah, it's. You know, I'm not. I'm not trying to really. I'm not normally trying to trick people. Sometimes I am, but normally, normally I'm not. So that's. Uh, that's what we got. So we're going to finish it off with uh, Robert Ybarra. I want to thank Robert. Robert's got his hand in the air, too. What do you got, Robert?
1: I do. I did have one last question come in, and it was related to the last play. A viewer wanted clarification on this. And it's kind of directed to Bill directly. And that is, Bill, would you have liked to have seen that referee move to the end line once the ball broke the plane of the goal line? Uh, did you, would you like to see that referee hustle to the end line in order to make coverage just in case that ball scooted further deep?
3: You know, yeah, I mean, he was on the goal line when this happened. Would it have been good to vacate and go with the the runner a little bit deeper or the quarterback a little bit deeper? Yeah, it it would have. At the same time, when he ruled the fumble, uh, he did a, a nice job at moving back and around the pile. He might have been fortunate that the ball didn't go any further back to where it threatened the end line uh for the on the recovery but um yeah, hindsight hindsight it would have been nice but at the same time I understand him be, you know letting the play happen and then reacting to it
0: no I think I've, I mentioned like a little bit about sometimes I thought he might have been a little close like we were looking at it from a different angle he might have been a little close on it but it just blew up on him and sometimes we uh that's what where we where we end up so any other last things Robert any those comments or anything
1: no, we're good. We had great engagement, great show.
0: Thanks a lot, Tim. Hope those that watch it on demand enjoy it as much as I did. All right, awesome. So, want to thank everybody for being here. I really appreciate it. We had a lot of fun tonight. We're gonna do it again next week. Like I said, hopefully we're gonna do it again next week because uh, some scheduling stuff. But I'm planning on it. Planning on being here. I think we're working on a guest. We're working on a, on an author who wrote a book about uh, um, football officials. So hopefully we can get him uh, squared away. Uh, but we'll definitely be here. And then in two weeks, we're definitely back talking football here uh, at MIBT Online. And we'll have the play of the week back. We're going to – or play of the month. We're going to go – already got the results, but I'm gonna, I am didn't really want to get into that tonight. But I'm looking forward to getting into that here in a couple weeks. So for everybody uh, tonight, the whole staff, I want to thank everybody for being here, everybody for watching. I'm Tim Kiefer from MIBTOnline.com. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening to the MIBTONLINE.com podcast. Join today at MIBTONLINE.com. We'll catch you next time.